Have you or anyone you know ever been emotionally destroyed by a book? Have you ever got the feels for a fictional character? Have you ever been hung over by an all-night book binge? Then pull up a seat, pour yourself a glass, and hang on to your Kindle. This is Drinking Ink. Hey friends, Rebecca here. Before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to drop in with a note on our content. While books are for everyone, this podcast was created for adult audiences only. Listener and reader discretion is advised, as we sometimes dive into difficult and triggering content such as graphic depictions of violence, frank portrayal of sexuality, discussion of mental illness, and existential struggle, and on occasion some downright filthy language. It might be a lot to take in, so if you need a breather, take a break and come back later. We'll be here for you. And we're back with another episode of Drinking Ink. <laughs> Season three. What, what? What, what, baby? Oh my gosh. Episode two already. What are we doing? I don't know. Wow. What are we doing? Well, I mean, today we're talking about our anticipated fall reads. Books that we are excited to see on the shelves in the next couple of months. Because who isn't excited? I came the best shelves. time of the year. I'm I mean, every day is a good day, a, a good time of the year when you're trying to uh, find a good book. You know, I guess maybe I mean, I'm slightly biased towards spooky season. So, and I do love me some spooky season books. Right. I know the best. I know. Hey, Azriel. I mean, Becca. Um, what are you excited about <laughs> for the fall? Uh, I have a lot of things. And I'm also not reading my, not reading, not wearing my reading glasses. So, you know, we're going to squint at the screen. Maybe you should get those. I mean, yeah, they're right here, but I'm still in denial about having to need them. <laughs> not, not good. No good. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, so we were all a little let down by our summer releases because a lot of those books got pushed back, which is a bit of a bummer. Uh, but the good news is, is that they're probably, most of them I think would be out by this time or by the time this episode is airing in September or will be air airing um, or will be released shortly thereafter. So I don't know. I feel I I was perusing lists and following checking up on authors that I really like and I just I feel like we're sitting in the same place kind of there's more high I hate saying highbrow because I don't mean it in like a negative sense of the word but there just seems to be a lot of contemporary fiction um sitting at the top of the like national lists if you want to call it that which I think is a bit of a bummer. Well, I mean, I can understand that in, in a sense because sometimes escapism, even like it, sometimes you don't want to completely escape. Like you want to go into like a real realistic setting. I can't speak. Um, so like I can get that in a sense, but at the same time, like yes, it is nice to get into a fantasy book and just like completely escape reality to begin with. So yeah. So a lot of my anticipated reads for the fall are mostly fantasy based. There's a couple of contemporary rom-com-y type things in there, but for the most part, I was looking primarily at the fantasy, uh, fantasy stuff. What are you 
who are the, I will say like some of the big names that I'm looking forward to uh, that we can go into a little more detail is like John Scalzi, Kelly Armstrong, Katie Robert. Um, but who are you like, what are, who are the authors that you're looking forward to reading and or picking up this fall? I'm excited for a touch of chaos that's coming out. That's Scarlet St. Clair, right? Yep. Is that the um, Hades and Persephone series? Yep. I've only read the first one, but I have the second two. I'm like, I don't want to start the second two until I have the fourth one so that I can, like, complete the series once I get into the second one. Yeah, don't, because the third one ends on a massive cliffhanger, and we've been waiting for over a year, St. Clair. I don't like my cliffhangers. (laughs) Becca raised her voice. She's real upset about that one. We've been getting Hades POVs, and you ended the main story on a major cliffhanger. So... Well, like, yeah, she has she has a the the books in in Hades' perspectives as well. So basically, like, you have the same story but just like two different perspectives. So it's like two different series going on at the same time, like the same series but two different people. It's it's quite interesting. It was good in the beginning, but <sighs> with Blood and Ash and the Touch of Chaos series, like, I like them. But I don't like them. They're a love-hate relationship at this point because I feel like they've been so drawn out and they're so long that, like, by the time the next book comes around, I'm just like, you know what? I, I, yeah. I feel exactly the same way that you feel about that, specifically with the Jennifer Alarmer trope, because I'll be honest, I gave up on Scarlet St. Clair. I read the first couple chapters of, uh, what was the first one? A Touch of Darkness, I think, is the first first one in in that series and i realized right away that her writing was not for me i couldn't get i the actually that's a lie the first book i read by saint scarlet saint Clair was uh king of battle and blood and i got about 60 percent of the way through that and was like mm, no no i'm not enjoying this and then i tried like i said i tried the first couple chapters of a touch of darkness and realized she's just not an author that is for me which is fine in and of itself that's not a big deal but uh, yeah, uh, with Jennifer Larmentrout, I, I feel that same frustration. Like I was so disappointed with A War of Two Queens and I really was enjoying the uh, From Blood and Ash series and A War of Two Queens like literally killed 90% of the affection I have for that series. However, however, and this I find super funny um the next book in the prequel series that she started writing uh is coming out this fall and the series is called um flesh and fire that's the name of the series and she decided to title this book like the third book in this series a fire in the flesh like can we can we get a little original here jennifer l armatrout i i hate to i hate to sound like a bit of a bitch but like you did it with uh, From Blood and Ash, A Soul of Ash and Blood. And now we've got A Fire in the Flesh, a flesh and fire novel. And I'm just, I'm getting a little tired of what feels like fan service and exploiting readers' desire to see this story resolve by drawing it out unnecessarily. Does that mean I'm not going to buy the book? Absolutely not. I will spend the money and I will buy the next book in the Flesh and Fire series because I really do want to know, hopefully, how this this will be the last one, how it ends. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm getting 
getting a little tired. Well, even like even Scarlet St. Clair had a little more originality in her Hades perspective books where it was like a game of retribution was the the name which is not at all anything like a touch of like a, a touch of darkness. Like they they were different even though they were the same story with two different perspectives. She at least had a little bit of originality in how she named them. So like I feel like it is very doable to come up with a name that isn't going to be the same, but is still the same series. You know, it's it, like, I get what you're saying and I get why you're frustrated. Cause I feel like it's just, it's basically like a cop out. It seems like the title. Like. Armin Trout has a busy year though. Cause she has a soul of ash and blood this summer. She has, what was it called? A Fire in the Flesh coming in the fall. She also has The Fall of Ruin and Wrath, which is an entirely new series. I don't know if this is a series or standalone. And then she also has, hold on, where to go? Like a compendium of Visions of Flesh and Blood. So it's a Blood and Ash slash Flesh and Fire compendium. compendium. And how much you want to bet these are all 600 page books? Like oh, I write easily. I write a lot and I write fast, but I can't produce for six hundred. Actually, no, never mind. I probably could have put mine too. Well, you have to remember <laughs> she sticks cool. to a very strict six month publishing schedule. Like she writes a book, it's out within six months, and she. We all know that she, her editor, whoever her editor is, is either a very close friend of hers who does not, uh, who chooses to not do any major developmental edits, and it's literally just uh copy editing or line editing um or she has no editor at all because we've all seen the the issues and her fans some of the and they get rabid they get so mean my goodness it's frustrating i'm i'm tempted i really was interested in a fall of ruin and wrath like when i look at it i was like hmm this looks interesting but i don't know that i can trust her to pick up another series and get invested in characters only to have her draw it out for eight books unnecessarily. Do you know what I mean? I just, there's a lot of hesitation there. Do I want to read it? Sure. Will I probably buy it if it's available in paperback? Probably. Will I try it? Yeah. But I am, I will go into the saying that I'm 100% hesitant because JLA has kind of broken my trust as a reader. Like, the only reason I even enjoyed the fact that Sarah J. Mass has, like, eight books in the Kingdom of, or Throne of Glass series, um, is because they're actually, like, they're developed well, there's a good plot structure there, like, the story's interesting, and there's clear, like, divides between characters and places, like, it's, it's all very, like, thought out well, and you actually want to know what's happening next. And the characters develop as time goes on. Like, there's actual just enjoyment that comes from these books. Whereas it's, like, with, like, hers, you have, like, these thick paperbacks that you're just, like, holy crap. Whereas Sarah J. Mass, she started off with a thinner book for the first one. And she progressively got a bit bigger. And then it was, like, rather than, you know, like, she could have separated them the last book into two books easily. The last couple books could have been four but she didn't. She made them two big books so that, you know, you have like a conclusion to the story, which she did wonderfully. But yeah, like there's just too many, too many books that are coming out that I'm just like, I can't keep up with half of it. What are your thoughts on that, Becca? 
I mean, in the long run, when it comes to, I'm still, I'm still going to drool over Castile. I'm not letting that man go. But... Oh yeah, Castile is great. <laughs> but yeah, the the series is just overall, it's the main series, which is the one I fell in love with, has been so drawn out that I've just lost interest along the way. Too many other things came in between it all that I felt like you could have just published the first original series, ended it, then come back and do your prequel series and things like that it's all the back and forth that i'm like you know what i'm not here for it it's the right? same ordeal too with um sjm and the crescent city avatar situation like it's so back and forth and the books are so long i'm like yeah i'm not here for it yeah i i can see that i i mean for the avatar girlies we're gonna be waiting until what 2025 2020, end of 2024 for the next Akatar novel, maybe, right? Like, and when was Silver Flames published? 2021? 2021, yeah. During COVID. You know, like, three years, four years between releases of in a series. That's not her only release, of course, because we've had House of Sky and Blood, or sorry, uh, House, of, House of Sky and Breath, and now we're going to have House of Flame and Shadow. Um, and in between there, she had a baby, so like, you know, we understand, I understand that aspect of it, but you're right. It is, it is a frustrating back and forth when you are like hanging on a edge of a wire. Like it will effectively have been two years since House of Sky and Breath came out. That we'll be getting the next book in the series. It's not like she left us hanging. Like she did warn us. Like, and, like, yeah, having a baby, like, you gotta take some time off to, like, take care of your child. But she did warn us, so, like, I get it. I mean, I do understand why people are frustrated, though, because it is nice to have, like, conclusion. Like, um, funny enough, though, she did do it with, she did it with, uh, like, granted, she didn't have all the overlap that we do with the, like, the, her recent series. But she did, like, she published two books a year during 2015 to 2018. Those were some, like, those were three four great years for the the uh, the Sarah J Mass girlies uh, that we got six books within three years like is that three years or four years I can never tell uh, like we we got a decent amount then so but I do understand how it can be frustrating having like Silver Flames come out and then waiting for the next Akatar book and then Crescent City comes out and you're like but you're not finished that one um, but I think with JLA like it's just because it's so often like she has, it wasn't even relatively close to being finished with the last series before she brought out like a uh, ember flame of like whatever the heck it's called I think, I think that's the biggest reason why people are so annoyed with all of the uh he, well, this, and, and, and this and this like and the prequel series is literally a carbon copy almost of the original series with like a little bit of tweaks for flavor so I, and I, I actually am preferring the prequel series to the original series. So like I said, I'm going to buy A Fire in the Flesh. It comes out on October 31st, which I mean, it's spooky book day. Cool. Um, but I just, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous and I'm, I really do want to read A Fall of Rune and Wrath. That one is supposed to come out September 12th. Um, I'm probably going to... I'm probably going to read it, but I don't know that I'll be going into it with massive, 
expectations, I guess is the right word. I don't blame you. Uh, yeah. I don't blame you for that. I mean, not much you can do at this point. And September 12th seems to be a very popular day in publishing. <laughs> like, I'm looking at all the books. And September 12th, which is the day that this episode's airing. Um, I have a book coming out September 12th. <laughs> September 12th seems to be like a big day in publishing. Because Kelly Armstrong, JLA, Stacey McEwen. Um, who else did I see? Uh KJ Del Antonio, which is another book that I want to bring up, September 12th. Uh, like all of the, there's like so many books that are like, is September 12th like the Christmas or like the book series, like their fall, like must release for fall, September 12th? I don't know. <laughs> I just, I'm noticing I now. <laughs> I don't know their reasoning behind it, but when I pick release dates, it's a semi based in like a numerology superstition. I need the date to add up to particular numbers. So I have to take like the year the month and then the date it has to add up to a specific type of number that can be divided by other numbers i started that with the Eranor tales and it just keeps going that way and september 12th is just what it turned out to be hey i think that's pretty cool though i mean i believe in tarot and astrology and numerology i think that there is importance in that so i think that's pretty neat i actually think that's kind of awesome i think people just choose a friday usually fridays are very popular days for books to be released it's kind of like when you have new pro TV, TV programming or like movies, they're usually, they come out on Fridays. I think because Friday is like the end of the week, usually you've got the weekend coming up. And so you have more time, like free time to, you know, get your book and start reading it. Except the 12th is a Tuesday. The same I, day as yeah. our episode airs. <laughs> Tuesdays are very popular for book releases. And I've actually found that Saturdays are the days that most people don't read my like KU reads are always the lowest of the week on Saturdays. No one's reading on Saturdays. So Tuesday actually, and um, I'm thinking um, this might be the reason. So Tuesday is a least least shopped on day. So people are most likely to not shop on Tuesdays. That's why they have all those specials like the movie theaters and such. And like that could be a big reason why people release things on Tuesdays, um, like bookwise, because they're trying to encourage people to like get out and shop like on Tuesdays because they are statistically, I guess, the least proven day to shop on. Um, so it could it could potentially factor into something like that. Interesting. Interesting. Also, the New York Times bestseller list, it's published weekly, and the cutoff for the that week's numbers is Tuesday. Ah, there it is. That feels like a, a logical answer. Huh interesting well what else are we waiting for what else are we excited for this this fall book wise hmm? hollow by cm nastasa <laughs> oh what's that one i haven't seen that one yet this one is headless horseman oh yeah 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 i remember oh ichabod crane Sleepy Hollow have, was one of my favorite movies. We also have Bookshops and Bone Dust coming out. Oh, that's the that's the Legends and Lattes uh, prequel, right? Yeah. That is interesting, too. Mm. I'm still not sure cozy fantasy is the genre that I really uh, ascribe to, but I will, uh, I'll give it a shot. Like I said, I like Legends and Lattes well enough. Um, 
but Bookdones, Bookshops and Bone Dust <laughs> sounds uh, cute, and I, I will probably pick it up. I have to be in the specific mood for cozy fantasy. Mm. But sometimes it's like, this is nice. Um, I am excited to buy a hardcover copy of Chasm, which is the next book in the Galatian trilogy by Stacey McEwen, my favorite uh, book boyfriend uh, TikToker. You know, do you know who I'm talking about? She's the one that she's like, dude, she, she plays the ace guy, do, 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 do. And she like tries to make her husband or partner do things that like her, a book boyfriend would. She's like, okay, today we're going to learn how to growl and how like to look at me lustfully. Right. Like I'm going up to the store. Uh, people might look at my ankles. Like, are you going to be jealous? Like you need to be jealous. And she's just super funny. <laughs> and I remember um, I bought Ledge. I bought Ledge, which is the first book in that series when it came out last year. And I was flabbergasted by the ending. I was like, wait, what? No, no, you can't do that. And I was graciously selected to receive a paper version of an ARC by uh, Angry Robot Books. So first and foremost, thank you, Angry Robot. Um, and it's great. Like the book itself is amazing. Um, it was a fast paced same like you could definitely see Stacy's style in it her voice was very loud and clear but it was super fast-paced and like really uh engaging and I don't want to give a lot away but there are some major surprises that you're left kind of going wait what no you didn't do that oh my god I can't believe you did that oh you didn't do that but wait you did this instead and it was just it was a roller coaster of emotions and the cover uh of the arc is not the same as the cover for the paper or the hardback and so i really want to buy the hardback because it is absolutely stunning and guess what day it comes out september 12th today september 12th <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna need to go to the store and see if i can find myself a copy i have a few that i've just found some september releases um that i'm excited for okay do you guys know the 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 woman who wrote uh serpent and dove W. Maherin. Oh, that's Chloe Gong, isn't it? No, Serpent and Dove. Or am I thinking it? Was it Chloe Gong that wrote Serpent? No, and Dove? no Serpent and Dove is a uh, the like uh, she's a, a witch and she ends up accidentally having actually marrying um, uh, like one of the knights of like the Brotherhood. They like they're like witch hunters. He's a witch hunter. She's a witch. They end up actually having to marry each other. Um, it's like the silver cover. No, that's the last one. It's a. I have black serpent cover. and dove. I just haven't read it. Really, mine's white. Yours is white because mine is. I have a paperback. It could be white. I don't know if you have a hardcover or not. I don't know what it is. But I know it's hidden serpent somewhere in this room. Any, anyway, she's the author of Serpent and Dove. She's writing. Got a book coming out in September called The Scarlet Veil, and I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. Because I like, I was one of the few people who actually liked the entire series of Serpent and Dove. Because I know a lot of people who liked the first book and then like the second and third, like they kind of just they weren't into it. But I, I, I liked, I liked the way it progressed and how it ended. Uh, I mean, not entirely, but like you're never gonna entirely love everything that happened. But yeah, she's got one coming out, which I'm interested to see. Also, the cover is very pretty, and that's partly why I was so intrigued at it. 
Let me see if I can figure out what day it's coming out. Well, I mean, I was a little bit disappointed with the ending of Husband Material by Alexis Hall. Felt like it was very um, wrapped up super nicely. I don't know if you guys have read the Boyfriend Material duology. Um, I was like feral for Lucas and Oliver in Boyfriend Material. And husband material had some of the same energy, but it it was it's 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 kind of um it's framed around the same concept as four weddings and a funeral. Uh, if you've seen the movie, and so it was like each section, like their chapters are broken down into sections, and it just felt like the way that they ended it, it was like and it's cut scene and we're done, and it was I just felt it was a little jarring the way that it was ended. It didn't end perfectly for me, however. They, uh, they have another book coming out um, in October called 10 Things That Never Happened. And it's like got major, like, I feel like it's another book that I'll probably end up going feral for. It's like fake boyfriend slash fake amnesia. And like, <laughs> like my boss is the guy that I'm into, but I'm also like faking amnesia and it's queer and it just, it looks absolutely adorable, adorable. And so I'm really excited for that one. Um, and I'm hoping that it'll lift my spirits enough that I'll be ready to read father material, which is the supposed proposed third book in Lucas and Oliver's story. Because I loved the first one so much. But the second one was a little bit of a letdown. So the, I found out the day that it's coming out, the uh, Scarlet Bale. <laughs> it's not the 12th of September. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> September 26th. So it's original and it's release date. <laughs> Is it a Tuesday? No, it's a, uh, no, I'm looking at the wrong month. It's a Saturday. No, that's August. I keep looking at the wrong month. It is a Tuesday. <laughs> It's two Tuesdays from now. That's amazing. I'm going to have to look into this. Are all the... It's October 3rd, 10th, 17th. Yep. All these books are released on Tuesday. Your your theory about the New York Times thing looks like it's... Looks like it's pretty true there, Becca. See, I told you. It's like people don't shop on Tuesdays often, so they're trying to convince people to shop more on Tuesdays, i.e. book releases. All right. What else? I've talked a lot about some of the books that I'm excited for. Mia's mentioned a couple. I haven't heard anything really from you, Becca. I mean, I have a few. First off, Allie Hazelwood's Check In Mate comes out this fall. I'm not big into it. Maybe I'll get around to reading it one day, but I'm not like foaming at the mouth for it. it yeah. It, it's YA. Um, and I did just read Love Theoretically, and I really love that one. That one's my favorite so far of the series. But I feel like all her stories are just... It's cut and paste, eh? It's very... Yeah, they, they're pretty much all the same line. Like, she's got a very typical kind of, like, plot sequence, which is not bad. I mean, there's a bunch of authors that are that way, and they're all very successful. But, like, it makes me not excited to get to the next one because i'm like i know what's gonna happen so there's yeah, no rush. for me Allie hazelwood feels very fluffy like it gives me 
the same vibes as like reading a Harlequin romance from the nineties. Like, you know exactly how it's going to end. You know, what's like, Oh, okay. We're hitting the point where we're about to have the first big breakup. Oh, okay. They're about to like actually make up. Like you can count the beats almost audibly in a lot of her books. Uh, I also just finished love theoretically and I really enjoyed it far and above the previous two. Um, and I feel like her writing has gotten a little bit better from that perspective. Like the, the way that it was written felt very like it was obviously still her writing style, but it just felt a little more elevated. And I will say I was really happy that she didn't make a reference to the, her being tiny and waifish because that seems to also be a big thing with Allie Hazelwood is teeny tiny women with waists that are impossibly small. And I just, Ugh. don't know that I can read another one. So, but I'm curious to see the, the chess one. The, I saw that one. Uh, I think it was, was it in the back of love theoretically? Maybe I can't remember, but I do remember seeing it and I thought it sounded interesting. So, but am I, yeah, kind of like you not, not going to run out and rip it off the shelf. I'm excited for, for that as well. Also, though, doesn't she have one? She just, like, and she released on her Instagram at one point, like, a, she's going to be writing a werewolf vampire <laughs> book, which I'm excited for very much so. That seems so off her usual. I I'm like, point. I saw it, and I was the like, point. wait. <laughs> that I think that's the whole point of why she's doing that. Is it something that's different, but, like, also something she loves? Well, it's very fanfic, and that's her whole shtick is fanfic turned real, right? Like, she is very open about the fact that the Love Hypothesis was a Raylo fic that she reworked. So, you know. Tessa Bailey has one coming out in October. Yeah. Wreck the Halls. Wreck the Halls. It feels too early for a Christmas book, though, to be honest. Does that well, not feel too I early? Yeah, no, like, businesses start prepping for Christmas as soon as July. Um, Ew, but, which is disgusting. I mean, when I ran my business, I had to start making my plans for, like, okay, for Christmas, we're doing X, Y, and Z, and you had to start prepping July, August to get things ready. Prepping but, is fine, but, like, we don't need Christmas trees out in August. Thank you. Well... When I was going through the list, well, first off, my July release is a Christmas in July, but when I was going through the list of, like, releases for fall, a lot of the Christmas stories are starting to come out about October-ish. But I don't know how I feel about this Tessa Bailey one. I still haven't read the Sincerely whatever her last one was. Oh, Sincerely Yours <laughs> and Unfortunately Yours? Haven't read them. They're not I on, like, my need-to-get-to list soon. But... Wreck the Halls. The main guy, his name is Beat. And I just, like, I can't... Beat? As in, like, the f food? Like no, like, music. Like, beat. beat. Like, a beat in the music. T. Huh. I never okay. expected that, honestly. I don't know how I'm gonna get past that one. Yeah, I don't know. Tessa Bailey's been really hit or miss. I didn't love Secretly Yours. Like, I read it, but it wasn't, like, top tier for me. Unfortunately, Yours, however much better i felt like the stakes were a little bit higher there's a little more drama and angst and the, t the main characters were um had a lot more chemistry between them than the characters in secretly yours so unfortunately yours was much better in my opinion but um she's kind of been hit or miss for me lately 
I read my, I finally read my killer vacation, Mia. <laughs> and I, again, found that one was like, what I felt, what is this? It doesn't feel like Tessa Bailey to me. Like, I mean, there were moments it definitely felt Point. like Tessa Bailey. I, th- but... I think, I think that's what he's trying to do. Like, I love seeing her TikTok because she will like come up with these ideas, like these, we'll just tell you what this idea she has going for these romances. Like one was like a hockey romance. And I'm just like, yes, please. We need this because BookTok is blowing up the hockey romances lately. And I'm just like, why is it taking you so long to get where I have already am? Like, but yeah, I will I've say, read two and I'm not, I'm not here for secretly, secretly yours. I will say like, I liked it. It was very cute. Um, but again, it was kind of just like, it was a little bit slower and I just kind of felt like I'm like where's the like spark of connection I see between them like I, I could see it but at the same time I'm like it it was kind of like it was there and then it, it wasn't and then it was there you know it's just it, it wasn't typically like her other books which I was kind of like as all this going such in such a different way yeah so we'll I mean we'll have to wait and see Tessa Bailey's one of those like I love to hate her kind of books. Like I don't hate reader, but I just, we know how I feel about the way she, her men talk to the women. I love a good girl, but not princess. And like all the, like, you know, all the time. Princess is weird. That's a weird one. I'm like, it's why? A, mm, why? Pet names, no thanks. But in general, I mean, her writing is, it's again, one of those books that you can just buy and like turn your brain off of kind of. One book that I think, however, will be interesting that I, as I was perusing the releases, is called Playing the Witch Card by K, uh, KJ Del Antonia. And it's basically about um, kind of like it's like it's promoted as Gilmore Girls meets Practical Magic, where the main character has like kind of sh- turned her back on her family magic, but is forced to like take over the or is in, inherits her grandmother's bakery and is like that's fine i'll run the bakery but i'm not running the tarot shop that you run out of the back door like i'm not doing that you if you want to keep doing that go ahead but i'm not going to and there's a mishap with tarot uh tarot card cookies that get sent out to the town and start causing chaos and re- uh running ugh, wreaking havoc on the people in her life so like her ex shows up she starts crushing on a neighbor her kids are having an issue her mom shows up in town so it looks like it's gonna be super cute and adorable and it also comes out on september 12th it comes out today (laughs) of course it does we just need to title this episode all the things coming out on september everything comes out september 12th (laughs) But uh, I thought that one looked like a super fun, cute little like precursor to spooky season. And it looks like it'll be really fun. And I'm I'm excited to read that one. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of stuff coming out um, this fall. I mean, it's all kind of feels like it's jam packed into one day. Um, I mean, not everything, but. Becca, do you have any more? Um, I have Death and the Sisters by Heather Redman. This one is basically a historical fiction kind of gothic mystery, but it's based around sort of the situationship that was between Mary Shelley, Percy Shelley, and her stepsister. 
can't remember her first name. Last name was Claremont. Um, but in real life, Percy, like, after Mary had their first kid, like, went and had a side gig with the sister while they're all living together. And it's like they've taken that real life event and now they've added like a mystery murder situation to it. I don't know. I'm just a Mary Shelley fan. I I have to say I'm that sounds very intriguing and it sounds like again like perfect to like kind of like spooky season leads you down the 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 hall into spooky season a little bit. Sounds interesting. Um if you're into that horror style, I'm going to keep pushing Kelly Armstrong on you guys because I love her so much. She is one of my favorite authors. She has a book coming out in um also on September 12th. <laughs> uh called hemlock island and it's like where um the main character inherits this family island and when she gets there she realizes that the person who willed it to them also willed it to her ex who also shows up with a bunch of people and so they're like trying to like figure out who owns this island or who's who's going to own this island and through fighting um some bad stuff happens and they lose their way off the island. And now there's like some spooky shit going down and who can we trust? Like paranoia, creepy woods, like all of those good things. Um, it looks very, very exciting. And she's been talking about it for a while um, on uh, her Facebook page. And so I've known about it for a bit, but I didn't know exactly when it was going to be released. Um, and it released uh, today. So I, I highly recommend that you guys go and get this because I love her and everything she writes is good, <laughs> in my opinion. So one that we haven't talked about that, um, like the first book blew up on TikTok, especially in like what, June? is uh, the sequel to Fourth Wing, Iron Flame, is coming out November 7th of this year. So a couple months from now, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm very interested to, to, uh, to see that come out because by this point, I will hopefully have read Fourth Wing and will be anticipating that release for the Iron Flame. So have you read see. Fourth Wing, Becca? No, and I don't have plans to. I I don't have plans to read it either. <laughs> I mean, I, okay, it's got like, it's got disability slash like chronic illness rep, which I really liked about that because like it's kind of like the underdog, um, kind of like story, which I feel like doesn't as often get portrayed in fantasy. I mean, not to say that it never does, but I like the fact that it's a chronic illness slash disability that she has, which you don't often see like characters actually having those and making their way through the fantasy world so i mean i get that well we had harper with i forget the series a curse so dark and lonely yeah that one that was bad it <laughs> was bad it was we bad. don't have to talk about it but like oh that was a bad way to do it um uh, but for I the, fourth... the audiobook and i'm just like this is very cringeworthy well, the first book was really good and I really loved it. And then the series just, no, it lost me. But uh, for the fourth wing, like before it started blowing up on TikTok, I'd already seen it going around the library and one of my coworkers had talked about it. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. But like, it wasn't on my list of things to get to. And then it blew up. And now I'm like, mm, now I really don't want to read it. I don't. Oh, I don't so you're being a hipster about it. I guess I am. Because when people are like, 
so obsessed with a book, then I'm not going to read it. I'm going to wait until it dies down and then I'll get around to it. Cause like, I don't want to read it when it's the hype, mostly because that's where the gatekeepers are at their strongest. And it's like, you know what, if I have an opinion and I turn out to not like this book, I don't want to deal with y'all. So I'm going to talk about it after y'all forget about it. <laughs> that's fair. I didn't pick it up. Not because it's so popular. In fact, it's kind of one of the reasons why I was like, maybe I should read it, but it's more to do with the fact that, from everything that I'm hearing, I'm hearing so many mixed reviews on like the quality of the writing. Um, and it seems like it's something that I would be interested in, in doing um, via audiobook. Like the premise was one that I was like, Oh, I really want to listen to the audiobook for this one. And from what I understand, the audiobook is horribly done. Like the first half of the book, from what I understand on the audio on audible it, the author must have a head cold or something because she sounds very congested there's sneezing or not sneezing but like you can hear her like tr clearing her throat like you know when you're 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 stuffed up and you're swallowing like those kinds of nose no, noses noises so i don't know i'm a little hesitant um also maybe a little bit because everyone's like oh my god it's amazing it's harry potter but with dragons and i <sighs> I don't know. I do, however, really love that audio <laughs> that's going around TikTok. Uh, that is uh, a rider. No, a dragon without its rider is something, and a rider without its dragon is dead. Welcome to the fourth wing. Yeah, I. Oh yeah, right. I love that. Like, and the the thing is, that's not even like the author didn't create that. Some fan created that audio, which like, oh really? Yeah, it's amazing to just hear um what people are like possible like the what people can do just from their love of a series that's only gotten like one book honestly like i'm i think what has has really brought people to it is the fact that yes it's like people describe it like harry potter but with dragons and because it basically part of it is like this girl is sent to this dragon school like basically it's like it's you're trained to become a dragon rider and if you don't get a dragon basically like you're like you're dead in the sense of like you have to end up going back to the dragon school um and her mother is apparently like this dragon like rider general who's like really like high up so she has like a lot of pressure and it's also enemies to lovers because like the there's romance in it as well which is a big element as to why people like it because it's like it's it's not quite entirely fantasy it's kind of like romanticy i think is what a lot of people are calling it right now so it's kind of like a true mix between romance and fantasy so it's it's neither one nor the other it's kind of like both so but i mean I, who knows maybe becca and i will pick it up next year when it's not as hot <laughs> i i ordered it like weeks ago before i got it um because at this point, I will have the book. Uh, but, like, I ordered it, like, weeks before it originally was supposed to get here. So um, I was surprised how fast I got the notification. It's like, your book will be coming by this day. And I'm like, oh, that was a lot sooner than I expected. So I might, you know, in the future when the inevitable movie is made. Because I feel like that's one of those. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna pick up for a movie. Yeah. I might. I might very slim, but I might watch it. I don't Speaking. watch movies. 
speaking of movies, I am very intrigued to see the Iron Widow adaptation, even though I did not um, like Iron Widow, the book. Like I did not enjoy the book. Um, and Heavenly Tyrant was supposed to release this year, which is book two. Uh, but that's been pushed to next year because her royalties apparently and her advances are not uh, industry standard. Or I shouldn't say she, they, uh, those are their pronouns. They, uh, Ziran goes by they, uh, they, them. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm curious to see how that will play out on screen. I or, might you know, have to reread it. Hear what else is being rebooted again? Or, or not rebooted. Percy Jackson! Well, no, no. Harry Potter's. They're talking about redoing the Harry Potter into, like, a No, we are not, series. they are not old enough. They're not old enough. They want to make it into a series instead of movies. And I'm just like... You realize people are going to compare everything to the original cast, which, like, you cannot compare to the original cast. And it's so sad that, like, some of the people you never thought were going to ever die, because, like, we're stupid sometimes. Um, you're like, they're never going to die. And then they, like, died in the past few years, and you're just like, my world is over. Like, Hagrid, when he died, I'm just like, no. <laughs> like, they're just trying, because, like, the original HP yeah. fans are now older, and moving mm -hmm. on they're trying to bring in the new kids to keep the industry going i, I remember when they were talking about because they're like oh they're gonna make one of them you know a person of color and everyone's like it's gonna be ron they always make they always make the redhead suddenly a person of color when they he revamp didn't. my kind are being going extinct i am I'm an like, redhead i'm and like I'm yeah i can see it happening they're gonna make somebody a person of color, which I'm not against. They already have a, don't they have a person of color in the like what's his oh, name? What's, the pop, the the what's, Pavardis? What's his is face? that their names? Like he's. A, I think it's the Pavardis. Yeah, they're the Indians, and then there was Jordan J something J something. He yeah. was like a background character. And then Cho Chang, which has like the most problematic oh, name but, ever. But what what's his name? Like the one guy who's uh. Rene the announcer. No, no, he's like a a friend of of theirs. That's like he's like a set, like not like a main character, but like he's um he's got like Renee's character. He was like Renee? a background type. That's the actor's name, Renee Jean Page. Reggie Jean Page was in Harry what? Potter. What? It was him. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? I believe that's where he was when he was younger. I don't know. We have to Google this. I'm going have to find this out, Becca, please. Because, like, like, Dean, Dean, that's what his name was. His name was Dean. Do you know who I mean? Dean. Yeah, it and was he was like, like a the, background like, the character. Curly, curly brown hair, he's, he was, like, was a black character. Do you know, do y'all know who I'm talking about? Yeah, but he was a background character. That's the main thing, like, in the original. So, like, if they revamped it and they started, and they, like, diversified the cast, I ultimately, I don't care about that. It wouldn't bother me. I just feel like they're revamping it too soon. And they're going to change things for the sake of making it modern. And that's going to feel real weird. It is. And I don't know if that's so much going to be feel, just feel weird to us who were there for the original or what. But yeah, he was uh, in the Deathly Hollows, But he was uncredited and he was a background character at a wedding. So he didn't play Dean. But I, I remember he was in the... I was like, wait a minute. What now? <laughs> So Dean was not played by Rege, whatever the heck his name is pronounced. Renee, his name's Renee. I thought it was Reggie. Rege. 
whatever that anyway um <laughs> he was he's not French. played by that guy okay is but, it Roger Jean? Oh, okay. So I am wrong. Roger, I was right. Okay, perfect. Because he would have been credited if he was the one who played Dean. So. Back to anticipated releases. I have one more. Do you guys have any others that you want to talk about? Not really. That goes by then. Mia's got I mean, nothing. there's not any like major top ones. No, there's. I mean, there's nothing major newly that's new coming out, but there's there is one that I am very curious about, and I'm gonna read you guys the synopsis because I'm just getting into John Scalzi. Um, I finished the last book in the Collapsing Empire series recently. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Um, and he writes in a way that is fast paced, and like super engaging and i found it really easy to follow and the books are relatively short i mean like the audiobook was maybe nine and a half hours so it wasn't super long so this is called starter villain by john scalzi it comes out on the 19th and this is the uh synopsis and this is why i'm really interested in reading it inheriting your uncle's supervillain business is more complicated than you might think particularly when you discover who's running the place. Charlie's life is going nowhere fast. A divorced substitute teacher living with his cat in a house his siblings want to sell. All he wants is to open a pub downtown if only the bank will approve his loan. Then his long-lost uncle Jake dies and leaves his supervillain business, complete with island volcano lair, to Charlie. But becoming a supervillain isn't all giant laser death rays and lava pits. Jake had enemies, and now they're coming after Charlie. His uncle might have been a stand-up, old-fashioned kind of villain, but these are the real thing. Rich, soulless predators backed by multinational corporations and venture capital. It's up to Charlie to win the war his uncle started against a league of supervillains, but with unionized dolphins, hyper-intelligent talking spy cats, and a terrifying hench person at his side, going bad is starting to look pretty good. In a dog-eat world, or sorry, in a dog-eat-dog world, be a cat. <laughs> tell me that doesn't sound like it would be super hilarious. fun oh that'd be amazing to read oh my goodness like it just gives me like wholesome wholesome vibes but like john scalzi is also known for using fuck a lot in his writing so like i mean <laughs> i get like cozy science fiction but also with like a heavy amount of cussing and it just looked like it would be super fun. So I'm really excited to give that one a shake and see what it's it looks like. It's like the most, most unexpected combination you'll ever find, but literally probably one of the best books you'll ever read. Well, and the cover, according to Amazon, is like a cat in a business suit. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, cat in a business suit. So we've talked about what we're excited for. We've talked about some of our anticipated reads. Is there anything else we want to add to this conversation before we wrap for the afternoon, ladies? What are we thinking? How are we feeling about the overall vibe of this fall's fall's releases? Yeah, it's interesting. I got one, though, since we're talking about fall releases. To harken back to season two, what was your favorite, if you managed to read it, book out of your summer anticipated releases? Ooh, good question. Um, 
Well, I read Chasm, which was one of my sort of anticipated summer because it's September, so it falls into that summer fall category. Um, I really enjoyed Yellowface, actually. Yellowface was one that I really, really enjoyed. Um, I found myself frustrated with the characters a lot, and I know that was Kwong's intention, uh, but there is a twist at the end of the book that makes you go like, hold on, wait a second, what? And the way that she ends the book also kind of gives you this, it's resolution without feeling like resolution because it's not a satisfying end, traditionally speaking. You know, there's no justice, there's no, well, there's justice, but not in the traditional sense of the word. And you don't get the impression that the main character really learned any, sorry, that you don't get the impression that the main character really learned anything from this experience um, other than to be more unlikable. So that was an interesting experience and I really, really enjoyed it. I haven't read any of them yet, but I managed to actually buy all of my anticipated reads and two of them I got from in the shipment from book of the month. So like that was nice because it was a lot cheaper to get those ones than it would have been to buy them from the regular store. So this this June was like a really weird month for me personally. So that's why I didn't get through as much reading that month. But I managed to actually get them all. So hey. I'll probably I'll probably have read them by this point when this airs. So <laughs> what about you, Becca? What have you read? I don't know. I'm going back to like look at what we talked about. <laughs> oh, you need a refresher. Mm. Um. So, like, the only two I managed to read were The Iron Vow, which is alright. I feel like it wasn't that great an ending for the series. And Love Theoretically, which was pretty good. Um, the only other one that we talked about that hasn't yet released as of this recording is Blue Ribbon Romance, which I am still waiting for. <laughs> yeah, but that's coming out, like, next week, it's from what I can see. It should be out, well, next week. Next week when we're recording this episode. Um, it 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 should be out, and I'm excited for that one. I can't. It should wait for be. That one. If it's not delayed again, <laughs> everything keeps getting delayed. <sighs> oh my gosh, you guys! I think, I think that's a wrap. What do you think? I think that's an accurate statement. All right, we'll talk next week. Bye. <laughs> Want more from the bookish bitches? Follow us on TikTok at Drinking Ink Pod Official for updates regarding our newest episodes, releases, and behind the scenes chaos, or send us an email at drinkinginkpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on all streaming platforms like Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also follow our hosts on their personal accounts located in the show notes, along with recommended reading lists and all the books we mentioned in today's episode. Stay thirsty, friends.